What does a sincere apology include, and more importantly, what do you leave out of an apology? Sounds simple, right? Well, like most of our topics, it is and it isn't. Welcome to Season 5 of Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother, and attorney Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Morning, Kelly. Hi, Marna. Hi, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Hello, Mike. Good morning, Marna, and good morning, Kelly. And I'd just like to say good morning to all our listeners. It's been quite a while. Yes, it has. It's so good to be back with both of you, Mike and Kelly, and with our listeners after a holiday break. Thanks for joining us again as we hang out, exchange ideas, and learn a thing or two together. As always, we welcome your comments, inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com. Here on Ethics and Etiquette, we offer insights and perspectives on sticky situations to help you examine your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. Today's sticky situation is apologies. We've all said or done things or neglected to do or say things which caused hurt and for which we needed to apologize to those we offended. So let's start with that question. Mike, when should you apologize? Wow. Okay, Marna, right out of the blocks, huh? Right out of the blocks. Right out of the blocks. When should you apologize? Well, it fits into the category of so many other things we talk about on this podcast. You have to have the sense of context. You have to have the sense of situational awareness. You may say or do something that you don't realize has been offensive, and you just have to be perceptive enough to see to feel, to notice that perhaps somebody has been taken aback by something you said or did. In my mind, you know, there's there's kind of two broad categories of apologies. One is the apology that's done online if you're a public figure or done in, through some sort of media outlet. Those are, in many cases, I would say most cases, very contrived. What really matters to me is you know, the people you live with, the people you work with, the people in your family, your community, your friends, perhaps. And you have to be smart enough to know if you've offended somebody and you got to listen and you got to pay attention. And if you have, I think it's incumbent on you. You you must do something to, to right that situation. So that's kind of how I view it. What do you think, Kelly? Okay. Because yeah, I just Kelly. was palavering at length. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I would say... When you've hurt someone, and it should have some gravity to the other party. And like you said, you need to pay attention and notice if you've hurt someone and and then respond accordingly. One thing I want to raise is when you shouldn't apologize, which I think is somewhat frequently. I, I'm a big fan of, of Mel Robbins. Um, she's a lawyer, author, podcaster, and she has some great content out there, especially like on YouTube why you need to stop apologizing. And she points out, like, it's really a bad habit. She does, I don't want to say it's a little skit, it seems very natural, but it points out how often we say, I'm sorry, especially women, like, about nothing. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And it's like this automatic, casual thing. And her point is, I think I used to think this was corny, but I don't anymore, you know, is that in a lot of ways, you kind of lose your power and lessen yourself by constantly, oh, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, I... I'm sorry, can I get the milk? I'm sorry. You know, like, you don't even think about it. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. It loses its meaning. 
the other person ends up reassuring you, oh no, you're okay. Uh, and they feel like they have to step in. So she she has several things out there that I think are, are worth watching. Her, her point is maybe in many cases you can substitute or replace thank you. In other words, you're running a little late. Uh, you arrive and you say, oh, thank you for waiting for me. Let's get going. When you bump into someone, oh, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Maybe you say, oh, are you okay? She just talks about it impacting your view of yourself and your self-confidence and your power to exist. And she also talks about the precision of language and how language matters. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. I know what we're talking about today, Marna, is situations that really have some gravity and require thought and an apology. But Mm -hmm. I think it's worth mentioning that I'm sorry shouldn't just be thrown out there willy nilly. Right. You know, that sounds like a fascinating topic, Kelly. And if you could send me the link to the podcast when she deals with that, we'll put it on our Instagram. Great. Yeah. And she's our show got, notes. Yeah. She's got some content on Instagram and also on YouTube that's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. I love that, Kelly. I think that, you know, you said precision in language. And I'm sorry should be carefully reserved for those situations when it's really, really appropriate. And the bar to clear that threshold should be pretty high. You know, use words like, oh, pardon me, or if it's a little more uh, significant, excuse me. But stay clear of I'm sorry, because it it just loses its meaning. And I I think you're absolutely right in that it diminishes the speaker's power. Yes, definitely. She helped me think about it very differently the way she approached it and talked about it. I was like, wow, yes, I get it. I know what you're talking about. And for women especially, but some men that lack confidence and aren't sure about themselves, doing that 10 times a day is not helpful. Very true. You know, I was listening to a cooking show as I drove this weekend and, you know, Often when you listen to cooking shows, the uh, the name Julia Child gets thrown out because she looms large in that world. She's Julia, the high priestess of cooking. Yeah, that's right. Julia Child used to say, don't apologize and don't explain. Whatever you put on the table, and of course she was talking about a context of cooking, I think think maybe she would expand that to the rest of life but never apologize and never explain just let your let your guest uh, figure it out so those are really good points you guys are making hadn't thought about that but that's definitely something to think about speaking of when you shouldn't apologize do you believe in fake apologies to keep the peace that is you don't really think you did anything wrong but somebody is accusing you of doing something wrong let me give you an example I used to have a, a neighbor, and she was mad at me. And I said, what are you mad about? Well, it's, it was that look you gave me. You just, you just give me this look like you're mad at me or you're impatient with me. And, of course, I had no intention of giving her any kind of look. I said, I, I really didn't give you a look. That's just my resting bitch face. But she oh. wanted me to apologize. <laughs> she wanted me to apologize. And I, was, I didn't give you any look. What are you talking about? No. Should I have apologized? Well, how, how important is that relationship to you? There we go, the context thing. Yeah, context. You got to, you know, that that person, some people are just so easily offended. Oh, they have such a thin skin. And if it's an important relationship, sometimes that happens in families a lot. You got to talk your way through it. And that may start with an apology like, hey, you know, whatever I did, I'm really sorry. Saying that within a family, I think, is often super important because those things can get blown out of proportion quickly. Yeah, but I don't know. Being fake is never a good thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> it just isn't. I would say, and especially in a family, I agree, Mike, you've got to keep the peace or you want to keep the peace, but it becomes a Neville Chamberlain type situation because that whiny person who's constantly offended is just never going to stop. And one day you're going to wake up and be like, oh, this isn't worth it. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah, Actually, that is the exact situation that happened with this woman. Yeah, it never ended. Yeah, I mean, you... So I would say just be yourself. And Mm -hmm. uh, But I I understand, like, a a fake apology, if it's a a brief situation where you're not going to be encountering this person anymore and you feel like you must, like you're in a situation with sort of a stranger where you've hit them with your car or there's some aspect of it that could be dangerous or, you know, have other repercussions... Sure. I mean, if if it's necessary, but otherwise, I think you want to stay away from fakeness and, you know, try to be polite and kind, but not, you know, not ridiculously apologizing about nothing because the other person is just unreasonable. I mean, in, with a neighbor, it's tough. You want to get along. You don't want an upset neighbor because that can be difficult. But then... I mean, once something like that happened, I'd really keep my distance. No, good points, Kelly. Good points. I think the being genuine all the time, we talk about that a lot on this show, goes a long ways. If you are genuine all the time, sometimes you can get away with offending somebody in a small way. Um, if they know that, eh, didn't, whoever it is probably didn't mean it. So, so in yeah. that case with my neighbor, when she said, you give me mean looks, what should I have said? What would have been a good response? You're nuts. <laughs> When I'm mad at you, you'll know it. <laughs> right. you, you have too much time on your hands. Go go, go f- get a hobby. Go find a real problem. Yeah. Go, I mean, go find a real problem. I didn't give you a mean look. <laughs> I have no mean thoughts towards you. I didn't give you a mean look. That's just my face. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, when I think about this, who would say that to their neighbor? That's bizarre. <laughs> That's something yeah, like a teenager yeah. that's like in teenage that's right. angst would be. That's right. That's saying. like that's like middle school talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is about the level. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So my next question is, what are the elements of an apology and what should you definitely include in an apology? Kelly? Okay. I'm an expert at this because I offend so many people. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to be genuine, heartfelt, without any qualifications, and backed up by actions. You're accepting responsibility and validating the other person in some manner. Make it about what you said or did and not their reaction. You know, like, you don't want to be like, I'm sorry that you are upset that I blah, blah, blah. You want to say, you want to apologize for the action sincerely or don't apologize. There's nothing worse than a fake apology as we just discussed, and then move on. Ho- hopefully they'll forgive you, and then you can move on. And if they don't, that's their right. And then you're going to have to live with that. Can you recite that list again? Uh, yeah, that was be... really good, Kelly. I think people oh, should be okay. taking notes now. <laughs> I am taking notes. This is just what I do in my life since I have to apologize so frequently. <laughs> no, it should be sincere, genuine, heartfelt, with no qualifications, and then you want to back it up by your actions. In other words, it shouldn't happen again. You've learned because actions speak louder than words, and you're letting them know that you're 
accepting full responsibility. And maybe even you talk about how you feel as a result of what you did. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. Whatever your feelings are so that they recognize that, hey, you know, she means it. Yeah. Mike, do you have anything to add to that? That's a great summary, Kelly. The only thing, and I have a personal situation here that uh, is been always been difficult for me as long as it goes along. You know, a significant event that happened within my community, if you will, and um, deeply offensive to someone. But as I look at it and dissect it from my side, I just, I don't have, I can't see what went wrong there. I can't see what I might have done, what I might have done differently. What you said is very good, but for some people that will never be enough. And, you know, they will create their own narrative. They will create their own set of facts, their own view of the world. And, you know, no matter what you say, what you do, it's just going to always be hanging out there. So, I don't know. And, I mean, that's that's upsetting. I've experienced that in my own family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand... That's outside your control. All it you is. Can, Absolutely. I mean, all you can yeah. do is do your best if you apologize. You know, no answer is an answer. If, mm-hmm. if they want to mm-hmm. be, you know, upset and the victim forever more, well, that's up to them. And you're probably better off without them in your life on a day-to-day basis, which, yeah. as terrible as that is. And yeah. I also think that forgiveness is really important a lot of times more for the person who, you know, has been harmed. People who hold a grudge and are angry, mm-hmm. it's not harming the person that you feel wronged you. It's just eating you up inside yeah. and it's bad for your health. It's bad for your relationships. It's just bad for your life. Mm-hmm. So I agree. It's very yeah. corrosive, you know, that holding a grudge um holding a holding something against someone forever is and, is a really tough way to live right and those people often think that the other person you know I'm punishing them I'm this I'm that I don't know what they're thinking it's just stupid mm-hmm. and they're just harming themselves and they're just making themselves look small and we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to be in the position that they're t- of the person they're trying to hurt Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like people that do that sort of think they're a little bit better than everyone else. You know, I would never do that. I would never make that mistake. I would never commit that sin. I would never. Yeah. And know. that's a very precarious place to be because it is. It's, you are. <laughs> as you get older, you realize nothing. <laughs> We're all horrible and wonderful. Right. I mean, nothing surprises me. You know, mm-hmm. watch how you judge Watch what you say, watch what you think, because there but for the grace of God go you. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I think people that are the way you just described, Mike, we're all better off without them. Mm-hmm. As, as painful as that is, because mm-hmm. I know a lot, of, a lot of us love those people, mm-hmm. but if they choose to live their life that way, you know, you can only be you. And if mm-hmm. that's not good enough, oh well. Wow, Kelly, some great wisdom this morning. I'm really glad you are such an expert at apologies based on <laughs> Well, as ba- I said, ba- I based on your based on your uh your life patterns. Here. I'm just... <laughs> I've been I've been there. Like a perfect example nowadays and I don't mean to get political, but is and that's why you got to learn to kind of shut your mouth. Like, you know, poor President Biden going on about you know, that quote about the documents, how could anyone ever, you know, make that mistake, you know, just the level of carelessness and 
uh, I mean, just the whole one minute. When he was speaking about Trump and the monologue. documents. Monologue. Yes. Yeah. I mean, don't gloat when others are down and do yeah. stupid things. Because I just think that you can't do that. You think that, and then all of a sudden, oh my goodness. Now he's looking kind of silly because he's done the same thing and and in some ways not as bad, in some ways worse because he was a vice president and a senator. He wasn't the president. He doesn't get to classify or declassify. I mean, he just looks gosh darn silly. And, and, and that happens to all of us when we jump on a bandwagon and judge others. Yeah, wow. too quickly. Good stuff this morning. <laughs> yeah. So Man. let me just wrap this topic up, the elements of an apology. Uh, what you should include I with the school solution Mary Mitchell's book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Etiquette. She says the three components of an apology are you apologize for what you did or said that hurt or offended someone, acknowledge the offensive or hurtful effects of your behavior on the other person, that's number two, and assure the person that it will never happen again. Please accept my apology. I say about a lot of things. It's simple. It's not easy. Yeah. I like what you said, Marna. What I would add to the end of that if it's a close-in apology to someone you have to continue dealing with over the long haul is you then have to live that apology. You got to let the rest of your actions going forward show that you really mean what you said and that you've changed your ways oh, or whatever. Absolutely. So, and we're going to yeah. talk about in a few minutes what happens after the apology. Oh, oh, did I jump the script? I'm sorry. You, you jumped the script, but um <laughs> Let, let's talk about a few things that don't belong in an apology. I'll throw a few in, and then you guys can add yours. Passive voice, I don't think belongs in an apology. Own, own the mistake. I made a mistake. I was wrong. Not mistakes were made, or something like that, which kind of distances it. Use active voice. Some apologies are not apologies, but elaborate rationalizations, or something like, I'm sorry that your feelings were hurt, which isn't an apology and just makes the other person feel accused of being overly sensitive. In fact, I I have saved this meme on my computer for this show. It's a shirt that says, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings when I called you stupid. I really thought you already knew. (laughs) 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 There's a good example of a bad apology. (laughs) Yeah, like, why bother? (laughs) I really thought you already knew. Uh, number three, beware of, th- of the word but when you're making an apology, but because that's usually a lead in to excuses or rationalizations or counter accusations. So just kind of stay away from the word but. And also I would say wordiness isn't your friend. Keep your apologies short, simple, heartfelt, pure. Just like Kelly said, heartfelt. Politicians and other celebrities have often fallen into this trap of being too lengthy in their apologies. And and the word salad just leads people to question the sincerity of the apology. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. It won't happen again. Please accept my sincere apology. That's the bare bones of it. Yeah. There's really nothing to add to that. No, that's really good. I think the brevity point is especially important. People, sometimes they think they can assuage someone's feelings by just continuing to spill their guts. And at some point, you just need to be quiet. You know, like a lot of things in life, this too shall pass. And again, if you if you live out that apology, if you show by your actions that you really meant it, that you've really changed, whatever the case, you know, this too will pass and things will be better. So That is one of the essential processes of life, isn't it, Mike? Mm-hmm. There are problems, you work it out, you move on. That's right. 
You know, constantly. we've all made mistakes. We've all had to make apologies. Oh, for sure. And I'm sure we're going to continue to do them going forward. Although maybe I won't do as many as Kelly because Kelly seems to have an inside track on that. <laughs> but um, I'm an expert, guys. We, That's part of her charm. We, yeah. You see, we call that character, Kelly. You have lots of character. But anyhow, I think, you know, we all deserve a second chance. We need to be able to give ourselves a second chance. And of course, we need to do the same for others. Because we're going to make mistakes, folks. Don't kid yourself. That's right. So that leads me into my next question. And I'm really fascinated by this because it came up at work a couple years ago. A gentleman at work was very, very rude to one of my coworkers. And he later apologized, but she did not accept his apology. So this went on for some time. So once you've apologized... Can you automatically assume or insist that the apology be accepted? And if you're the recipient of the apology, do you have to accept it? I'm asking sincerely. Mm, mm, tough one. Tough one. Again, a little bit of context here. If it's an, a, a relationship that's really, really important to you, sometimes you just got to gotta swallow hard and, and play nice. I think in other situations, if you, if you feel like the apology that's been given to you was absolutely insincere... Maybe and perfunctory. Sever, yeah, maybe you sever yeah. that relationship. So that's a really tough one. I don't think that you can assume that someone's going to accept your apology in an important matter. Um, I think you have to be aware enough to say, mm, kind of read the tea leaves after the apology and see what flows from there and base your actions on that. Yeah, I mean, no one is obligated to accept an apology, period. I don't recommend, I'm not sure that's best, but no, you don't have to accept it. But having said that, we talked about, I think, the consequences of holding a grudge and, you know, living your life that way and and the impact it has on you. In your work scenario, Marna, that just seems silly. I I think sort of a more mature approach would be to move on and certainly just at least be professional and civil towards the other person. If you're acting like I'm, I'm not going to forgive in a professional environment, you're making everyone else uncomfortable. You're causing issues for the team, for your coworker. It's just maybe you decide, okay, this is not a person I like. This is not a person that I want to hang out with but I certainly can treat them with respect and be courteous in a work environment. That's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, And you know, that eventually did happen in this situation, but I think it just took her some time, which I think is important. It takes time and it takes evidence of contrition. Yeah. But I mean, in a work environment, I would say, uh, and, and maybe I'm old school. I agree with what you just said, but in a work environment, sometimes you don't have that luxury and you have to kind of suck it up and be like, look, I, I think this guy's a jerk, but I'm going to move on and I'm going to be the bigger person and, uh, you know, not, not cause a lot of issues here in the office and be polite and, and go about my business. And if that really is something you can't do, uh, you know, then I don't know, maybe you should look for another job because I don't know that the whole organization can wait six months or even a month for you to settle down. Well, how about in a non-work environment? Oh, then I think that's very different. Then you can certainly take time apart. If the person reaches out, decline, you have more time to figure things out. But if the person continues to do that, that's your answer. If you're the apologist, that's your answer. They're, They're moving on or they can't accept it or 
whatnot. And I think you have to step back and move on. You know, no answer is an answer. No contact is an answer. I'm not sure that depending upon the level of offense, I don't want to be friends with someone that I can't make a mistake or apologize and then they just are going to hold a grudge and can't get over it. You're better off without them. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Anything Kelly, to add, Mike? I'm just listening to Kelly this morning. Kelly, she's you're all put, over this. She's yeah. sort of putting her lawyer hat on, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm glad Kelly's on my team. Holy smoke. <laughs> so to wrap this topic up, I learned several years ago that if you apologize, you just leave it at the doorstep. You don't control the narrative or the timing. You just leave your apology there and hope for the best. But demanding that it be accepted is just you can't do that. not going to yeah. work. It's yeah. not no. going to work. And that's not a sincere apology. Yeah, it's Th- kind of perfunctory. Yeah, I mean, that's almost childish. Well, I've apologized now. Are we okay? <laughs> do you, do you <laughs> right. forgive me? Can we go back to normal? No, yeah. just make your apology and let them as a therapist would say, process it. Right, let the healing begin <laughs> yeah, with the apology. Do- and if it doesn't begin, you know, we've, we've spoken about that. Okay, this leads right into the next topic. What happens next after an apology is given and accepted? And I have this scene, I watched Billions on Showtime, and the company shrink, I guess she is, she wrote a tell-all book about Axe Capital, which hurt her fellow employees, some of the revelations. And she said, the truth hurts. I'm sorry. That was her apology. <laughs> and one of the other employees said, well, rule number one of apologies is you don't do it if it makes the situation worse. That was Ben Kim. <laughs> and then the CEO said, sorry isn't the end of anything. If you mean it, it's supposed to be the beginning that leads to a change. Ooh, I like that. Good stuff, huh? That's a good quote. So I always like to see evidence of contrition in the form of changed behavior after an apology. Make amends if needed rather than just apologize. Yeah, totally on board, Marna. I mean, I think that's that's the proof in the pudding. And if someone really cares and they really are contrite and they then show that with their actions and their words going forward, then, you know, that's that's the kind of apology that really should be accepted. Yes, and it depends on everything, I think, is circumstance-specific. So if there's a certain behavior that you've been engaging in, then it's absolutely got to stop. But I also think if it's a one-time stupid mistake, you don't have to grovel and bring the person coffee every day. And, Forever and ever. Yeah, and kiss right. their ass. Excuse my language. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, that's not... The person isn't supposed to exact their pound of flesh afterwards. So I just think we have to be careful. The behavior has to change. Totally agree. But it should be related to the offense, not that, oh, now you've got to do all these things to kind of make me happy and right. win my now friendship you've back. Now you've got to suck up and court me. me back. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I just, that's yeah. not good. And that and that's mm-hmm. really says something about the person who, you know, was wronged or apologized to. It seems to me that in these situations where there is transgression in it, and an apology and acceptance, whatever. It's just a lot of grace is called for from both parties to move forward and not drag that baggage around forever and ever between you. Really, forgive and let go. Yeah, I mean, we're all deserving of grace. We all are. We don't always get it, though, and we have to accept that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mm. final thoughts, anybody? Well, 
I just, uh, I didn't realize there'd be that much depth in this topic, Marna. Um, <laughs> we did go you know, deep. But it's, it's, it's really good. It's really good because this is a facet of a lot of people's lives. You know, we all have things we regret. We all have to maintain relationships. We all have to, you know, keep our, keep our group strong, whatever that group might be. For sure. It's and, like, uh, th- this is an essential element, really, of the human condition. Yeah. No, it's good. It's really good. Nice choice of topic, Marna. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's, it turned out to be really rich. I just want to say one thing here at the end. I want to wish you guys a happy new year since it's January of 2023 and wish our listeners a very happy 2023. I hope it's one of your best years ever. And I just want to ask, um, please keep listening. And if you want us to cover a certain topic or issue, please let us know. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Keep the conversation going. Our email is inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com. At Ethics Etiquette is our Instagram handle. And our website is ethicsandetiquette.com. Mike, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me on this journey and starting up again. This is our fifth season, by the way. Listeners, thanks for hanging out with us. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For Mike Derrick and Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette. New episodes are posted on the first and third Wednesdays of every month. See you then.